You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Today's episode is sponsored by Klockner Pentaplast. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 56 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking meat color, food waste, and novel packaging materials with Dr. Ranjit Ramanathan, Associate Professor, and Leo and Kathy Noltensmeyer Endowed Professorship in the Department of Animal and Food Sciences at Oklahoma State University. Ranjit's research focuses on both fundamental and applied factors that influence fresh meat quality, more specifically on post-mortem biochemistry and meat color. His research interests also include food packaging, preservation and processing, meat waste, and greenhouse gas emissions. He has secured a total of $5.4 million as a principal investigator or co-PI for grant-funded research from federal agencies, commodity groups, and industry. Ranjit's long-term research goal is to better understand the role of post-mortem meat biochemistry to increase both the body of knowledge and economic benefits associated with improvements in muscle food appearance, particularly beef color. He's very active in a number of scientific organizations, including the American Meat Science Association, the American Society of Animal Science, and the Institute of Food Technologists. Ranjit has received numerous awards, and among his most recent honors, he received the 2018 Young Animal Scientist Award from the American Society of Animal Science, the 2019 Agricultural and Food Chemistry Division Young Scientist Award from the American Chemical Society, and a 2019 Distinguished Achievement Award from AMSA. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Ranjit. I'm delighted to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Julie. I'm really delighted to have a guest here, too. Well, you know, let's dive right in. I'd like to start our conversation today in an area that's perfectly in your wheelhouse, Ranjith, a critical meat quality attribute, color. What interests you most about this area of meat science, and what kinds of research are you currently doing on meat color? I started my journey in meat science 18 years ago. So after my undergraduate studies, I got an opportunity to work as a junior research fellow in meat science at Kerala Agriculture University, India. Then came to University of Connecticut, UConn, to complete my master's and doctorate degree. At UConn, I got two excellent mentors, Dr. Rich Mancini and Cameron Forsman. I would say two color gurus working in two different areas applied at Uh, basic research. For me, uh, meat color is a fascinating area because most of the consumers make purchasing decisions based on the appearance. Our lab at Oklahoma State conduct both basic and applied research primarily to understand color changes. It can be different cuts of meat or different breeds of meat. And also, uh, recently, we started developing some tools to quantify color changes. We believe that's very important. We need to have more tools to understand so that will help the processes. And the third part, how to limit meat wastage, primarily due to discoloration. 
Well, along those lines, I I came across a book chapter that you wrote in 2021, not too long ago, called Meat Wastage, Focus on Meat Discoloration, which appeared in Advances in Food Nutrition. What findings did you and your co-authors put forward in that paper in terms of the impact of meat discoloration on meat waste and economic loss? Great question, Julie. It was an eye-opening experience to quantify the losses due to beef coloration. So, for example, when you walk into a store, consumers just look at that bright, smiling steak or patties. When they see a brown or discolored steak, even teeny dime size, uh, there is less consumer acceptance. Actually, uh, we did a follow-up to that book chapter, and our paper just got accepted in the American Meat Science Association official journal, Meat and Mass Biology. The results indicate that the U.S. beef industry loses $3.7 billion due to discoloration. If you quantify the total amount, it corresponds to 426 million pounds of nutritious beef. If you do some math, this last beef represents 780,000 animals, basically quarter million animals, wasting just due to discoloration. So it's not only the animals, also the natural resources to produce these animals. It can be energy, feed, and water. So the big picture is we want to increase awareness of meat loss, and we hope to uh, develop some really good technique that will help the processors and also retailers to limit this loss due to discoloration. Well, that chapter also covered the role of packaging and application of high-throughput techniques to dis- to understand the biochemical basis of meat discoloration. So can you tell us a little more about those aspects and how meat processors might benefit from the findings? Sure, sure. So for example, everyone likes bright red steak or patty. But if you really want to understand why or some meat discolor faster, we need to dig really deep to understand the nuts and bolts. So for that one, we use some tools based on mass spectrometry. Uh, I'm sure you may not be heard about mass spectrometry, but if you ever watch uh, CSI, some of the agents, they find out the culprit, just put a sample in a small machine, you know what is going on. The same way, we use these type of machines to understand uh, what's going on in the beef, even though the animal is dead. Uh, meat is still active. A lot of things are moving. And if we can understand in our term, like what are the protein changes, some of the small molecule changes, especially with the different packaging or different cuts of meat or storage temperature, more we know about what are these changes, uh, definitely we'll get an idea how meat discolor. And these techniques are used in medical field to understand a lot of disease condition or uh, developmental defects. So we uh, use or we borrowed some of these really good techniques to understand in beef. And these are really powerful techniques. Uh, as of now, we were able to understand, like, let's say if a strip line and a tent line, uh, why one discolor faster and other one discolor slowly. In the long term, uh, how are we going to use it? We're going to develop some biomarker to predict discoloration or in the long run, like a lot of sensors to predict meat color. And now, a message from our sponsor, Klockner Pentaplast. 
At Klockner Pentaplast, the sustainable protection of everyday needs is very important to us. Our aim is to ensure you get the most sustainable total food packaging solutions that not only protect your food products while extending shelf life and reducing food waste, but can also be recycled. We operate across a vast range of fresh food categories, supplying thermoform trays, rigid films for form fill and seal applications, as well as flexible films to protect your products. Now back to the podcast. As just as a quick follow-up, I want to ask you a little bit more about some packaging questions, but as far as meat discoloration, are we talking about dark cutting beef? That's a great question. So dark cutting beef, it's different from discoloration. So discoloration, when you talk about meat turning brown in color, dark cutting, that's another category of the beef where the meat won't have that bright red color. From a producer perspective, that can be lost if you have a dark cutting carcass because there is a discounted. So we do studies in both uh, both bright red that's turning brown in color and also dark cutting beef. Great. Let's do talk about some of the other packaging related research you've just completed or are currently working on. Ranjith, uh, there's quite a range, including novel active packaging. You've done work in packaging and preservation analysis and even novel nitrite embedded packaging. I'll let you talk about it, but what have been the findings from that various research and how do you think those findings will help industry maintain or preserve the quality attributes of meats and meat products? Great question, Julie. I may follow up with your previous question about the dark cutting beef. So it's also called as a dark cutters. So our packaging studies primarily focused on how we can improve the appearance of the dark cutting beef. So for example, when you have a dark cutting carcass, it won't have that bright, smiling red appearance. Whereas in dark cutting, it will be almost like a coffee bean dark or a really dark red where consumers won't have that acceptance. So we used uh, different packaging techniques. One is called the modified atmospheric packaging where we can increase the or we can alter the gas composition within the package. For example, the atmosphere contains 20% oxygen. So we can have more oxygen level, so that will improve the color. Second one, we have really good luck, is the nitrate embedded packaging. It's uh, produced by the BEMIS, currently it's Amcor. They have a fresh case packaging. So when you package these dark cutting uh, steaks in this high oxygen or Amcor packaging, it appears like a normal bright red. If you do a consumer study, you probably won't be able to do the identify the difference between dark cutter and a normal pH beef. We thought it's a really good application, especially if you want to increase the value of dark cutting beef. This can be a really good approach. And also, we recently got support from Oklahoma Center for Advancement in Science and Technology to work on biodegradable packaging. Julie, I'm sure you may be aware, like several companies, they're trying to limit use of plastic. So we are developing some biodegradable with some active packaging ingredients to improve color. We don't have the results yet, but it's a very exciting area. Hopefully we'll have some really cool packaging material by next year. What kind of ingredients are you looking at? We have three or four ingredients as of now. 
one definitely due to uh, confidentiality we are not telling but uh, other one is a more natural antioxidant so one is a synthetic compound and other one is a natural compound especially from a fruits and vegetable there are a lot of really good antioxidants so if we can incorporate these antioxidants in this biodegradable it will limit discoloration at the same time we can avoid to a certain extent the plastic again uh, meat industry is a totally different from the other fresh produce because meat should have a really good packaging that is tensile strength it's not break we hope to develop some really good packaging material at the same time incorporating some active materials to improve color Oh, that's great. Well, you know, I know that there's another interesting project you've got underway. It's funded by USDA from this last January 2022 through December 2023 that involves, and I'm going to quote here, an in- innovative redox device to assess meat color and minimize food waste. Can you tell us a little more about this research and its significance to industry? Sure. as i mentioned one of my research interest both basic and applied so basic means you do a lot of lab work to understand how meat discolor or why meat is stain tender so the, we are really fortunate to get actually two support from usda what basically we are trying to do is translating some basic knowledge to develop some techniques to predict discoloration so in one project we going to develop some sensors where let's say in a packing plant or in a retail stage where we can understand which cut of meat will turn brown very fast and the second grant we got we are developing a spectrophotometer basically it's a color measuring equipment where we can predict discoloration both project we just started the results are really encouraging so we hope to use this technology both retail level and also a processor level to segregate carcasses or meat where we can tell hey this cut of meat may turn brown faster what about uh, packaging separately or sort it separately these are again a uh, effort of collaborative research one with the electrical engineering and other chemistry department within the Oklahoma State University we are really excited hopefully we will have a tool within a couple of years that sounds fantastic there's a lot of buzz around just packaging in particular whether it's the materials how do you make it biodegradable how do you put active ingredients in that are natural or clean and then now to find out that there's a sensor that you might you're working on that might be able to be used in line in that processing facility for example i'm sure our readers will be excited to hear the results of that and i'm going to ask you another question just on the fly uh, just a final little question but what kind of excites you most about the future of meat color research or and maybe the packaging as well but any of the research that you're doing right now you have such a big portfolio of interest everything to greenhouse gas emission to whatever what's next for you as far as the kind of big picture research you'd like to be doing in the next few years sure great question like we recently submitted some big grants to USDA and other agencies 
what we're trying to do is like, if you look back some of the statistics, like population is growing, how are we going to feed the world? Second, from the discoloration, like we are wasting a lot of meat just due to discoloration. Can we tie with the live animal side to predict color? and also limited impact on the environment. So, for example, greenhouse gas. So we have some really good collaboration as of now to do some live animal studies and also with the computer science, how we can use some of the novel technologies. We can tie in. So as of now, I have been focusing on meat, but now we are focusing more from a systems approach where just start from the birth to end how we can tag together, so not only one sector, but entire meat industry, cattle industry. So it's exciting. If we are lucky, we may land up with some big grant, but without any trial, we won't get it. So we are trying and we are very hopeful. Well, I'm very excited for the future and I'll keep in touch with you to make sure that, that we know what's going on, right? But I want to thank you again for taking the time to spend with MeaningPod today, Ranjith. It's been uh, really great. And listeners, you can find out more about Ranjith's teaching and research by visiting experts.okstate.edu and searching by his last name. I'm going to spell it R-A-M-A-N-A-T-H-A-N. That'll take you to Ranji's faculty page where you can read more about his current research projects that are described in this podcast and more, as well as get links to many of his latest publications in a range of peer-reviewed journals. And don't forget to visit our website at www.meetingplace.com to access our digital magazine and technical article archives and podcasts to get more meat quality and smart manufacturing advice first published in our R&D Matters newsletters. There you can also find some articles contributed by Ranjith over the years, and we're looking forward to some new publications by him in 2022. And thanks again, Ranjith. It was really great speaking with you today. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for having me in the podcast. And thank you to Klockner Pentaplast for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media, or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.